Welcome to the Miss Retro Read Show. I know it's been a while, but I've been super busy lately and so no time to write shows. But now that I have some more time, things have calmed down. I'm back into it. So how did you enjoy the Hardy Boys and the Tower Treasure? That would be super fun to go on a real treasure hunt, wouldn't it? To find some really old treasure that's been hidden for years and years. Sort of like an archaeologist's job, I guess. That would be neat to find old things hidden for years in the ground or in caves. But anyway, if you wanted to have a kind of a treasure hunt, you could set one up in your house. First, you find the treasure. It could be candy or something that maybe is a fun game to play. And you can hide it someplace and put little clues throughout the house. You could write them out on pieces of paper, like... Where is it that we wash our hands and brush our teeth? And then you go to that part of the house, which would be the bathroom, and then you would find another clue that leads you someplace else. And the last clue would be for the treasure. Or you could do a scavenger hunt. A scavenger hunt is where you have to find a list of silly items, something that is of no consequence, like a dirty sock or something. And the team that finds the all of the things on their list first wins the scavenger hunt. It's something fun to do indoors, maybe on a rainy day or something. Well, let's get into our show with facts known by few. It's August 6th, 1945. World War II is going on. The Enola Gay, a B-29 squadron, has a bomb named Little Boy on board. Their destination is Hiroshima, Japan. It will be the first time an atomic bomb will be used in war. Civilians and soldiers alike will die. In Hiroshima, 70,000 to 126,000 civilians were killed. On August 9th, three days later, a second bomb was dropped on Nagasaki, Japan, killing 60,000 to 80,000 civilians. It was considered a necessary evil by the Allies. It caused the Japanese to surrender on August 15, 1945. But at what price? Fulton Sheen commented that ever since the atom bomb had been split, man himself seemed to be split inside. Such a great horror of destruction, God had a plan of hope. In Hiroshima, nearly 4.5 kilometers from ground zero, the Nagashuka Jesuits were spared. Eight Jesuits survived the blast that had instantly killed 86% of the population. The Church of Our Lady of the Assumption was spared, and the Jesuits had no effects from the radiation, which later killed more people. One of the fathers said that his community had been living the message of Our Lady of Fatima and that they were praying the rosary every day. In Nagasaki, there was left a Franciscan monastery still standing. It was built by St. Maximilian Kolbe in 1931. Kolbe had the monastery built on a mountainside which protected it from the bomb explosion. The monks were able to help the survivors. 
St. Maximilian Kolbe had been killed in a Nazi concentration camp in 1941 at age 47. He had offered his life for a father who had been condemned to death. His legacy still lived on. He was a rambunctious boy. When his mother asked him one day, in exasperation, what will become of you? He thought very hard on this. That night he seriously asked the mother of God the same question. She came to him, holding two crowns, one white and one red. The white one meant he should preserve his purity, and the red that he should become a martyr. He said that he would accept both. His father was German and his mother Polish. His father was hung at 43 years of age by the Russians while fighting for Polish freedom. Maximilian joined the Franciscans in 1907 with his older brother. In 1912, Colby attended university in Rome. During his time as a student, he saw demonstrations against the Pope during an anniversary celebration by the Freemasons. According to Colby, they placed the black standard of the Giordano Brunisti under the window of the Vatican. On the standard was the Archangel Michael depicting laying under the feet of Lucifer. Soon after seeing this, Colby was inspired to start the Army of the Immaculate to work for the conversion of the Freemasons and the enemies of the Church. He was ordained a priest in 1918 and traveled to China, Japan, spreading the gospel, also going to India and building monasteries. He printed a paper that reached over 200,000 readers weekly. He also started a radio station. He had the call sign of SP3RN. After the war broke out, Maximilian was one of the few to stay at the monastery in Poland. The Nazis offered him a deal to pledge allegiance to Germany, since his father had been German after all. He declined. He was arrested, but not before he had run a hospital for the wounded and hid 2,000 Jewish people from the Nazis' capture. His life shows us, in the face of evil, to hold our ground and pray for those in error. Always go to Mary with your problems, and she will find a way. If he had not given himself to God, God would not have been able to work through him, through building the monastery in Nagasaki, Japan, and would never have been able to save so many souls there or help so many people. For books I have known, I would like to recommend All for Her, an autobiography of Father Patrick Payton. You might have heard of him. He was born in County Mayo, Ireland in 1909. He had five sisters and three brothers. He is a rebellious young man, but always stayed close to his family. He was mostly rebellious against teachers. He came with his brother to America when only 19. 
They both joined the Congregation of the Holy Cross in 1932. It was at this time he contracted tuberculosis and was near death. I have a memory of reading this book that his sister offered her life for him and that soon afterwards he became well and his sister passed away. But since I don't, I'm not able to find that online, you'll have to read the book and tell me if that's true or not. So according to what the information I have, it says he prayed to Mary and on October 31st, 1939, he knew he would get better. He did, and on June 15, 1941, he was ordained a priest. He started sending letters to bishops and Catholic laity groups promoting the rosary for families. He said, If families give Our Lady 15 minutes a day by saying the rosary, I assure them that their homes will become, by God's grace, peaceful places. Father Peyton wanted to reach people through radio. He asked a woman from the Mutual Broadcasting System to give him time on the radio to help American families. She said if he could get a big name, a big movie star, she would give him the time. So Father Peyton cold-called Bing Crosby, a famous singer of the time, and convinced him to be on his first program. So on May 13, 1945, Archbishop Spellman, President Truman, and Bing Crosby all spoke on his program, promoting families to pray. It had the biggest following ever. Father Peyton went to Hollywood to start a radio program, since the first program had been such a success. In 1947, the family theater began and ran for 22 years. His slogan was, The family that prays together stays together. In 1948, he had his first rosary rally in Ontario, Canada, with 80,000 participants. This was the first of 540 rallies worldwide, led by Father Patrick Payton. He went to Colombia, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, San Paulo. Each place had over a million people participate in his rosary rallies. He went to Europe, Africa, and Asia. He always asked people to pray the rosary, remembering his tiny home in Ireland, when his family would always gather to pray the rosary at the end of the day. Check out the book, All for Her, by Father Patrick Payton. And that's spelled P-E-Y-T-O-N. For It's All Good, I'd like to recommend The Absent-Minded Professor. It's a film shot in 1961. It has Fred McMurray, Nancy Olson, Keenan Wynn, and Tommy Kirk. It's a comedy. Everybody needs a laugh now and then. A Professor Brainerd, he invents a substance that gains energy when it strikes a surface. So, if it was shaped into a ball, it would bounce higher and higher. My favorite part is when the professor puts some of this substance on the heel of his shoes to help him dance better. The result is pretty funny. For busy bees, let's talk football. Now we're talking the American NFL football game. 
It's where you can touch the football with your hands. It's actually a combination of rugby and soccer. It originated in the universities in North America. On November 6, 1869, Princeton and Rutgers held the first intercollegiate football contest in New Jersey. In 1920, the American Professional Football League was founded in Canton, Ohio. The NFL merged with the American Football League, its rival, in the 1970s, and is more of the size we know it today. The shortest game in football was in 1996 with San Diego Chargers, 26, and... Indianapolis Colts, 19, and it took 2 hours and 29 minutes. The longest game was 7 hours and 8 minutes. The Dolphins beat the Titans 27 to 20. The most watched televised event is the Super Bowl. The Dallas Cowboys running back, Tony Dorsett, is the only player to rush for a 99-yard touchdown. In 1892, the first official pro football player was William Pudge Heffringer, receiving $500 to play for the Allegheny Athletics Association. The average NFL game has 66,957 fans. The Pittsburgh Steelers have the most Super Bowl wins with six. The Dallas Cowboys have five, and the Patriots four. Georgia Tech holds the record for the most points scored. In 1916, they scored 222-0 to zero in a game. Princeton holds the record for the most collegiate championships with 28. Their last winning championship was in 1950. Jim Brown has led the NFL in rushing more times than any other player in history. He led all other running backs eight times between 1957 to 1965. Emmett Smith gained more yards than any player in history, more than 18,000 yards in 15 years of playing. Only three teams in NFL have gone through a regular season without losing a game, the Bears, the Dolphins, and the Patriots. Since their first game in 1973, the New York Jets have never won against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles have won 12 times. Jay Berwanger was the very first draft pick in the NFL. He also won the first Heisman Trophy. The Pro Bowl, the NFL's version of an all-star game, has been played in Honolulu, Hawaii at the Aloha Stadium since 1980. Sammy Bao holds the record for the punting average in a single season with 51.4, which was set in 1940. Teddy Roosevelt threatened to ban football unless the rules were changed to make the game safer. The new rules allowed for forward passing. The huddle was introduced back in 1890 by Paul Hubbard, who was a deaf player that used hand signals to call plays. 
The huddle was to conceal the signs that he was making to his players from the opposing team. There is a difference between the footballs in the NFL game and the college games. The balls used in college games have a white stripe on each side, which makes the ball easier to see in flight. Vince Lombardi coached the Green Bay Packers to win three NFL championships in a row from 1966 to 1968. Only six teams have ever won a Super Bowl back-to-back. The Packers, the Dolphins, the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Broncos, and the Patriots. But the Packers have done it twice. The Baltimore Ravens are named after the poem The Ravens by Edgar Allan Poe. He was a resident of Baltimore. The Arizona Cardinals are older than the state of Arizona. The Cardinals were founded in 1898, while Arizona was granted statehood in 1912. I hope that gets you interested in the game. It's fun to watch, and to play tag football with your family is fun too. I've been watching a lot of college football. I think they're more exciting than the pro games. For our next book, we're going to be reading more stories of the Saints. Not the Saints football team. A saint is a person who has been recognized as living a life of virtue to a heroic degree. They come in all shapes and sizes. Some started out living bad lives and then changed their ways. Others were lukewarm, like St. Teresa of Avila, who didn't give her heart to our Lord entirely until she was in her 40s. Some were born with great signs of holiness, such as St. Rose of Lima. And all of them are inspiring and great examples to follow. That's up next. Join me for that. And thanks for listening to Miss Retro Reads.